Good morning. Mike on. Can you hear me? Yes. Good it morning. It is uh, Indi- Ind- Indigenous Peoples Day. That's what we have to call it now. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, if you were born here, it's your day? I, yeah, I don't know exactly what that indigenous. means. Indigenous. Let me look that up real quick. I, I do well, have the internet I, I, here. I mean, I know what indigenous means. I just don't know how, why that uh, the former the holiday formerly known as Columbus Day is now called Indigenous Peoples Day. Because yeah, maybe because uh, I'm indigenous. Okay, so I'm a Native a, American. Originating or occurring naturally in a particular place. Native. Did anybody occur naturally? Anywhere, I mean, we have uh, the scientists that say the people that got here came from Asia via a land bridge. Mm -hmm. So not natural, not indigenous, right? Right. Um, Of course, the second definition here from the Oxford Languages Dictionary says inhabiting or existing in a land from the earliest times or before the arrival of the colonists. So, right. So did the Nephites colonize the land? And only if they were white. <laughs> they so scientists show uh, seem to believe that or they've made a blanket. Some people will make a blanket statement that all the Native Americans, indigenous people, whatever came via the land bridge in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. But there are good there are good evidences that uh, many of the eastern tribes have roots in um, the Holy Land, even, or in uh, the West, so not Asian, Asiatic. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see this in uh, the differences in the way these people look, right? Like they genetically look different. There's the more round, soft face uh, and the eyes, you know, that look more Asian. And mm-hmm. then you've got sort of the you know the Indian head nickel with the nose, right, right. yeah, that's totally not an Asiatic, right? Look, so, and the, and the disadvantage the guys in the East had was they encountered the colonists earlier. Yeah, a little so a lot bit of them were earlier. killed off. Well, you've got to understand that uh, you can't just bring in nuance or complexity to this. If you're white, you ain't right, hmm. and you're uh, guilty of atrocities. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So yeah, I happy in Indigenousness People's Day. So if you Google Columbus Day, it, st- it still has an entry in Google. Right. Monday, October 9th. Right. All right. I mean, when we were kids, Columbus was, was celebrated. You know, you learned about him in school as a hero, as a, an explorer. And uh, he's prophesied about in the Book of Mormon. If you put into any uh, any weight into that, mm-hmm. do we? Uh, is it possible he wasn't the first one over? Oh, I'm sure. 
I mean, there's so much we don't know about history. Yeah. The things that people that sailed off somewhere and, you know, never kept records or if they did, they were yeah. lost. I mean, who knows, right? There, there's so much we don't know. In Rhode Island, there's a tower called Newport Tower that's, uh, seems to be, the architecture seems to be contemporary with, you know, 1100s, 1200s. Mm-hmm. In Europe, and, and uh, some want to call it a Templar Tower. Yeah. And the the official record, though, is that it's post-Columbian. Um, right. So. Well, it's, uh, someday maybe we'll, we'll know all the answers. Yeah, so uh, anyway, Google, some of the things that come up here on Google on Columbus Day is questions related to your search. Is Columbus Day no longer a federal holiday? I mean, it, it is, but it, they just renamed it. It says, according to the U.S. Office of Personal, Personnel Management, Columbus Day is one of 11 federal holidays. <laughs> Even so, more than a dozen states recognize some version of Indigenous Peoples Day or an alternative to Columbus Day, according to History.com. Huh. Why is Columbus Day no longer a holiday? (laughs) For many Indigenous peoples, Columbus Day is a controversial holiday. (laughs) So if we're going to cancel Columbus Day or rename it, do we have to rename everything that's also named after him? Like... Columbus, the District Ohio, of Columbia. District of Columbia. Columbia. Is Columbia the country named after him? I think so. I mean, it's spelled different. It's, uh, it's, Columbia, I think, would be the feminized version of it, feminine. We call it uh, the District of Indigenous People or Indigenous People, Ohio. Indigenous Peoples, Ohio. But in, o- in Ohio, in Cleveland, they got rid of the Cleveland Indians baseball team and now they're the Cleveland Guardians. I don't know what they're guarding. Well, and in the District of Columbia, they got rid of the Redskins. Right. And now they're the Commanders and now there are indigenous peoples who are petitioning the team to return to the name of the Redskins in the District of Indigenous Peoples. It seems like we just have a bunch of wokists running around making stuff up because like for example, I was told it was a di- it was uh, dishonoring the memory of the victims of 9/11 and the families of the victims to question the official narrative, and then it turns out most of the questions are posed by the victims' families. Right. So in this case, what you're saying is that the indigenous peoples actually liked having mascots. At this and- point, at this point, I've gotten I've gotten to the a place where I don't trust anything i don't like there could be indigenous peoples or native americans petitioning to return to the redskins and it could just be astroturf the whole thing Mm -hmm. the the outrage at the name redskins was probably astroturf for sure and it's just like at this point i all they have to uh, do is find one native american or or indian native indian what do we i've and they hate it when you say this, but I've got friends who like the name Indian or like, mm-hmm. you know, think that you're a Native American. When you say that, even if you do actually have friends that are full-blooded Natives and they believe differently than the wokists, you get in trouble and get called a bigot for bringing that up. Right. Which is one of the most <clears throat> amazing 
breakdowns of logic, a, a massive hypocrisy. Well, we're living. As these pretenders <laughs> tell us what to think. We're living through the the most significant breakdown of logic in in human history, maybe. Uh, it's remarkable what we what we're witnessing and what we're living through, and it just seems to be escalating and escalating and spiraling, like a like a little plane out of control, just spiraling towards the earth. Uh, it's in some ways it's kind of fun and interesting, and uh, you know there's a lot of humor involved because there's so much absurdity and stupidity at the. Uh, but on the other hand, a lot of these people that uh, we laugh at have uh, a lot of power at their fingertips and uh, command uh, armies and navies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's fun right up until somebody uh, flies a bunch of paratroopers over your dance party yeah. and kills your kids, right? What the, the big looming story today, of course, is that uh, Israel was attacked. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing by now most of the Mind Virus listeners have heard that on the right. news it was uh the official story at this point is that israel was invaded by militants from the south from the gaza yeah from the gaza strip which is not really a country it's more of an oppressed region like it's it's for decades it's been blockaded sanctioned and uh, and bulldozed and and bombed and invaded by israel uh, be, and there have been a lot. There's been a lot of terrorist activity that comes out of there, purported terrorist right. activity or real terrorist activity, probably both. Right. I mean, I don't think that they made up. I don't think this is a false flag here. I think that uh, you can goad p- people into war. You can prod them into war. And if anybody's ever, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying who's right or wrong. And it's, it's absurd that we have to qualify it that way. But if anybody's ever been oppressed um had had their uh had the thumb of the state put on them like no other it's been the gaza strip right you know so Uh, yeah and then saying that's gonna get you canceled by who by apparently it'll get you celebrated by the leftist status left right now in in america right right? are there you, you were saying something about the flags being Switched yeah, the, from Ukraine of, to... Yeah, you know, it seems like the Palestinian flag is the new Ukraine flag in certain circles. And in big cities all over the Western world, including the United States, Europe, there's pro-Palestinian rallies and, you know, sort of the professor class. And I, I know it's always been, it's always been sort of a, a pet project of that social class, those, the professor class, the... Uh, you know, the woke Marxists to kind of side with Palestine and they have their free Palestine posters in their classrooms, things like that. And I understand, I don't have a vast understanding of what's known as the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or question, but I do know it's a lot more complex than the American media likes to portray. The American media tells us that Israel is flawless and that they're a victim of countless unprovoked attacks. In well, fact, they, they've this, done that, but there's also, like you said, there's been a move towards supporting Palestine. Yeah, but you still don't really see that. Right, like I'm looking, at, M- I'm looking at MSNBC.com right now, which has got to be the left of the left, right? right I mean, right. is that, would we, are there any other more leftist big outlets? 
I mean, I know um, we could say ABC, KSL. CBS, KSL, KSL, <laughs> definitely, yeah. But uh, they're not they're not pushing the Palestine angle. They're more just reporting that there's been attacks. Israel orders full siege of Gaza. So, but the, I'll check the, out KSL. the the so-called conflict is it it's gone back decades, and it's there's there's complexities involved, and uh, there's been a lot of people who have written, <coughs> written <coughs> excuse me written about it and everybody's an expert right on mm-hmm. twitter especially right now but the it was interesting that there the talking points had gone out and all these american politicians were using the words unprovoked attack and in, in this case and i uh like you said it's uh unprovoked that's when this thing goes back 60 70 years well it goes back even well yeah, it goes right. back a long the, time. The pa- Palestinian people uh, were, for the most part, coexisting with uh, whoever was there. They were more in control before uh, before World War II. That's that's the big thing. I mean, the the there was a move <laughs> to create an Israeli state, right. the state of Israel, which right. is a co-option by one-twelfth of the family of Jacob mm-hmm. for the name Israel. I mean, these are the Jews, right? They're not necessarily representative of all of Israel, but they definitely are preeminent in the Old Testament. Right. And there's evidence that many, many books were taken out, and this mostly the stuff that pertained to the Jews was what was kept in the canon. Remember, there wasn't an Old Testament until... It was officially put together by the the Catholics, the early Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. There, you had the Septuagint. So I guess we could say it was somewhat official, but you know those writings go to second or third century BC at the earliest. Yeah, and over the course, of, you know, the, the the modern state of Israel was created in 1947. Which it really isn't that long ago, if you think about the age of countries. Like, there's, right. there's people that are older than the state of Israel. What's interesting is everything relating to Israel in the Bible often gets conflated with the state of Israel, the right. modern state of Israel. Right. And along the way, the borders have shifted and changed. There's been different wars. There's the famous Six Day War, and both sides. You know, yeah, I'm going to both sides of this a little bit. Both sides have, have, you know, there's been negotiations, there's been conflicts, and there's been attempts to have a two-state solution. There's been all of this kind of thing, and it, none of it's really stuck. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> like I said, I'm not an expert on this. I think it's impossible to be an expert on this particular yeah. subject because it's, it's emotional. It's uh, it's that you have a lot of external forces. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the, there's now claims that Iran was involved with these latest attacks, and of course, the United States just funded, you know, just gave a lot of money to Iran. <laughs> and there's also uh, there's also claims that the weapons, a lot of the weapons, some of these Hamas uh, terrorists, these Hamas. Uh, people used were weapons left behind by the United States in Afghanistan. Like, 
makes you wonder if those weapons weren't left behind by design. And it's like, yes, we want these to be distributed to certain people like Hamas, like Hezbollah, like the Taliban. Well, they like ISIS. The government just unfroze like six billion dollars of Iranian right assets um, a couple of months ago, a month ago. Mm-hmm. So the way I there tra- are questions I, about where that money went. These things, I, I always try to. And, and there are reports that all the arms being used are American arms. Right. That we left behind in Afghanistan. Yeah, exactly. So it's I, not, this isn't just speculative. It I, seems to be highly supported is what I'm saying. I try to zoom out on these things and try to think what, what's really going on here. And I have a lot of questions because, you know, I was in Israel in uh, January. Right. Was it easy and, to get in? No. Did it appear that they had security at the border? There is security everywhere there, not just at the border. Like we we crossed from Jordan into Israel, and there's a pretty good relationship there, but Mm -hmm. it's still uh, very tight. So how long do you think it would take them to respond if they saw paragliders coming over from the the south? uh, (laughs) They would never land. See, I... I, They would land dead. I saw a report from uh, a lady who was former... Uh, I think we call it IDF, Israel Defense Force. And she mm-hmm. says, if a, if a bird flew over, we knew. If a cricket or a cockroach crossed over, we knew. And Well, look, this, this is, the, the state of Israel is not big geographically. No. And every, every young person, man and woman, serves in the military. Required. Mm-hmm. So there's no shortage of troops. And there's not a huge geographical area that they are tasked with protecting and not only are there are the border with the international borders very well protected but there's checkpoints throughout the state Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in different parts of the city as you go from israeli controlled areas to palestinian controlled areas which we did Mm -hmm. and there's these checkpoints and you better have your Documentation. Documentation, you know, papers, please. And we were in a bus and a tour group, and that was a little easier for us, but we still had to stop and prove we were who we were, not individually, but as a group. But you didn't, you know, you didn't do that if you were a Palestinian. You didn't cross into the Israeli-controlled part. Mm -hmm. If you were certain, you know, there's, again, there's always class differences and money and mm-hmm. but that i've seen some videos <coughs> i've seen you've probably seen them too the videos of these uh like video game style paragliders coming in on these little one-man mm-hmm. aircrafts and this concert that they invaded this festival was down near this part of it this is one of the most highly publicized right. aspects of it because it shows young people good looking people being hurt killed herded around right that that's the pro- it, this is this is made for television this stuff right and it, it this festival is down near the gaza border which would be heavily guarded heavily fortified and these guys just paraglided right in and then started opening fire apparently you know allegedly according to the stories we're being <coughs> we're being <coughs> we're being told and again i tried i don't trust anything i'm not saying it didn't happen 
uh, I just don't trust anything. It's like, there's got to be more to this. Right. We, if there's one thing we all should have learned, even if we knew it before, we've been lied to on a massive scale. COVID should have taught us that. We, right. the, 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 the controlling class, the, the government, and the um, corporate legacy news outlets are not on our side. So, right. so it's interesting to see the difference between what they're saying and what some of the alternative media is saying. In my opinion so far based on what I can tell from the other side of the world, from independent and corporate sources, it appears this was an actual attack. Mm-hmm. People are really getting hurt. They're blowing up buildings. They're, they're with rockets. Um, the Palestinians been uh, did invade and that they used American uh, weaponry and technology. And... And probably had help from Iran. That's the thing that the Wall Street Journal is now reporting, mm-hmm. which is in a huge complication here. This is a massive complication. If they, if they can link this to Iran, this is what's this well, makes it part of that broader agenda we've been talking about to right. take the world to war. And so the one point that I I settled on, and then I, I I did a little initial reporting. I thought about it, and I and I settled on this, and then I started to see others talking about it doesn't make me right. I think it's just, it's not, this isn't an outlandish um, idea, but my thought was it's not a, it's not a false flag, but how, because they started to, you started to see these comments that this was a massive failure of the Israeli defense force and the Israeli intelligence apparatus. Mm -hmm. And the problem is those types of groups don't generally fail on this level. Like there could, there could have been a failure to anticipate it potentially, but then there would have been an effort to repel it. It appears there was hardly any effort to repel the attack, to shoot down the paragliders to, um, you know, because the Israelis have guns too. And lots of guns. Yeah. It, it, it appears that there was a failure to, to repel and, um, whether they should have anticipated it or not, and, and there was a uh, lack of a lack of response, and so my thought was that the at the highest levels, not the mid levels, not the regular people, but at the highest levels, and we're we're talking about even at, in the military. I'm sure there's tons and tons of honest, good people in the you know, just like any country, but at the highest levels, I think that the agenda is they wanted this to happen. Just like Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. where uh, the the Roosevelt administration enraged the Japanese by cutting off their supplies to oil in Southeast Asia, not in not in America in the Americas. In Southeast Asia, the Americans were cutting off the supplies of oil that the Japanese wanted, and basically pushing pushing them to a war during a very colonialist period, right? This is, you got to understand what was going on in the early part of the 20th century. The big powers were taking essentially colonial control over various areas of the world. That's the Spanish-American War, the, the, uh, the Philippines end up ceded to the United States. Have I got that right? Was that the Spanish-American War? I don't know, honestly. This is 1898, 1899. Um, Let's see. 
it also yeah it also read, led to the united states involvement in the philippine revolution and the philippine american war yeah so oh and the wikipedia article makes some effort to talk about yellow journalism <laughs> why why can't we talk about yellow journalism now right but <clears throat> yeah this this is uh you know after world war 1 and at the end of the 19th century and the start of the 20th century, the, the big powers were still involved in colonialism, uh, taking and controlling land and outside of their national boundaries. And it's at some point, people think that it went away at some point, you know, after World War II, but it didn't. The, the influences remain, they just remained in a more subtle way economically you know uh through aid foreign aid you think that the money that america gives the big zillions of dollars big zillions of <laughs> dollars we give out every year to countries all over the world you think that the that money doesn't come with strings attached no of course not. of course it's of course charity. It, yeah just buys rice and beans and okay. diapers <laughs> so so anyway my thought was that uh that just like um, America wanted to be involved in a world war in, in um, the late 30s, 1930s, I think that they, this, this fits the MO of the controlling class that they let it happen. They need, well, they need a Pearl Harbor. A, quest, a question I've been asking myself the last couple of days about this is what did... What, what did Hamas have to gain by doing this? They would have known, like, after the initial shock and awe of catching Israel off guard, if that's really what happened, they had to know that the response was going to be devastating. There's not going to be a Gaza Strip anymore. Israel's well, going to level that place and just absolutely burn it from the earth. Zero Hedge is reporting that uh, mm. the Lebanese Hezbollah have opened mm -hmm. up a front on the north, which is mm -hmm. interesting. Right, and uh, I stood on the Israel-Lebanon border. Yeah. And it was highly fortified. You couldn't even get that close to the border, actually, as a tourist. Mm -hmm. But, right, you've got Hezbollah, which is Iranian tied. I mean, I mean Israel, Israel is technically surrounded by enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, and but, the, but Israel is also very well fortified and uh, armed. They have, great, they have a great air force. They have a, a great uh, intelligence yeah, they're well apparatus, supplied. apparently. And they have essentially unlimited funding from the United States. Mm -hmm. And so what, what did anybody uh, expect the response to be? See, this gives Israel a great excuse to go and just expel the Palestinians. Well, people who, are, people who are desperate, though, they make desperate decisions, right? They do. They do. So I don't think that they... But this was not, this was not a group of desperate extremists that caught somebody off guard. This was, this was, these were coordinated attacks all over the country. This took some planning, mm -hmm. some funding. That's why I'm uh, saying they let it happen. Right. And I think that's fairly a, a plausible situation. 
But uh, again, it's like, what did they expect would happen in return? That the, the they were going to take over Israel or something like like the, the the one plus one doesn't equal two here because well, I think the that, two is an obvious aggressive response, which is what we're seeing. I don't know if they're operating with as much information as you are. You know, like if you grew well, the, up in the West Bank. Right, the, the 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 guys who paratrooped in and that probably aren't. They probably think that they're well, know. and they're also bringing back hostages, which is going to protect them from an all-out. Mm. Theoretically, that's their that's the so logic. Far it right? hasn't. That's the logic in their mind is that that's going to protect them from just being nuked into the ground. Something interesting that our our guide said. So Netanyahu is is the president again, right? Or the prime minister. Right. They have a parliamentary system. So people don't vote on who's president. It's their parliament that decides. Our guide was, uh, he was a Palestinian. Kind of. I'm trying to remember now. He was was Arabic. He was Arab, but he wasn't Palestinian, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Right. He was an Arabic Israeli, I think is how he called it. Mm-hmm. He had great pride in Israel. He loved his home country, but he was not a Jew. Not a Jew, and also not sort of a, a militant uh, in his ideas, right? Extremist in his ideas about Palestine. But he said Netanyahu is going to escalate everything, <coughs> and I didn't think much of it at the time. But he was he was not he was not happy about Netanyahu being back in power. Well, the and big thing has been like, the reforms to their judicial system where they're trying to make it a greater police state, right? Well, Israel is a police state. I know, but they were trying to make it a greater right, police right. state. In I fact, mean, they look at themselves as sort of uh, a testing ground for the New World Order. They even talk about it in those terms. And I, just, I don't have the sources right off the top of my head, but I, I've seen that, that they're, mm-hmm. you know, we're conforming. We're, so, we're a big part of that. The powers that be, I think you're right. That like they wanted to escalate. They wanted to get Israel to respond, and and they are. And now they have an excuse, and they have the sympathy of the American Western media to go and do anything. They could go and probably march troops through the streets of, uh, you know, Nazareth and other cities like that that are mostly Palestinian, and just wipe everybody out. Well, I think more significantly, they could attack Iran. Well, and that's the bigger picture, right? Because mm-hmm. Iran is involved, and then they say, well, now we need to... And then the United States says, well, that means we're involved. Yeah, right. The big question is, does this fit... Is this part of the broader agenda for a world war? And Iran's connected to China and Russia. Right. Russia's in Ukraine. Ukraine is being funded and, and weapon, uh, armored by the United States. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, this is about one little uh, match being lit away from a full-on world war. Well, one thing we haven't talked much about on the podcast is the destabilization of Africa, mm-hmm. right? Have you seen some of the news about that? Uh, Western-backed dictators or, or regimes have been toppled in a few different countries over there. No, um, I haven't seen much about that. Let's see if I can find some of that. Look, there's only so many flags I can put in my profile picture mm-hmm. on Twitter. So, uh, the New York Times has an article. Um, let's see what the date is here. Stop trying to advertise to me because I'm just trying to get some quick information. Ad blockers. 
Coast to coast, a corridor of coups brings turmoil to Africa. This past week's military takeover in Niger completed a domino chain of countries ruled by leaders who seize power by force, fueling instability and presenting a conundrum for the United States. So this is July of 2023. Um, so we have Niger, uh, Chad, Mali, Sudan, right? This is going right, Guinea. Mm-hmm. This is going right through the middle of Africa. So I'll just post that link in there. People can read that if they want to read the New York Times. But yeah, there, there's a lot of instability there. There's clearly a problem in Ukraine. There was, uh, let's see if I get the, the name of this country right. Um, there was a coup or a, a shift in the government, like a switch in the government of... Um, A, a little country, oh, what do they call it? Um, Luxembourg. No. There, it was like a, a self-governing region in Azerbaijan, which is between, which is next to Armenia. It's south of Georgia and... Um, Florida. Russia. Florida no, We're on the other side, other side of the country. <laughs> I forget the name of this region. It's little known, but anyway, they, uh, it was this, it was this, fledgling country there uh, next to Armenia and it's become full or fully Azerbaijani and people have been, you know, people have been displaced. And so there was, there was a bunch of turmoil there. Uh, you've had, ter- you've had continuing turmoil in Syria, right? Right. Just continuous problems there. Which could there. probably spill over into this current thing with Israel because yeah. Syria is right there. Right. We had the, the full on flip flop of a- Afghanistan back to home rule just precipitous change in their governing structure. Well, then you have the ongoing migrant crisis two years ago. in Europe and the United States. Yeah. So we have a fairly unstable situation, it looks like. So the, the Israeli thing, though, that's, that's like a, an invitation to talk Book of Revelations, to talk, um, you know, end of the world scenarios well, yeah. because, because the it's Israel, it's the Holy Land. You I know? Sat, and you've probably heard a lot of that. I sat on Megiddo and looked at the valley and, you know, the, where Armageddon is supposed to take place. Right. And it's right there. It's, it's, a, it's a really interesting place in the world. You look at it and it's like most of the Bible took place in this really small little geographic area, really small. It was all right here, and a lot of the end times prophecies and and events are supposed to happen right there as well. And it's it's this interesting little tinderbox. You know, it's not like it's a, a, a an area rich in crazy natural resources that everybody's fighting over. It's just everybody's fighting over this little piece of land. Uh, where, what would you uh, say? Like, it looks to me like it's about the size of Salt Lake and Utah County. I mean, if if you go from the bottom of Israel, where it meets the Red Sea, I mean, there's there's a little bit of land there, but we're talking to the top. Yeah, but there's you, the, you can drive that in it in less than a day. Do we count the West Bank as part of Israel? Well, I mean, yeah, it's technically part of it. 
But it, it's not. And a, the Gaza Strip is technically part of it. It's so. not a big. It's not a big country. So and, maybe and Utah to Utah County to Davis County is what we're talking about. But the southern half of it, when you get south of of Jerusalem, a little ways, it's just desert, and there's not a lot of it. Uh, there's not a lot of settlements or inhabitants. You know, you got people down in Eliot on the coast, which is a nice beach town on the Red Sea. And that's where uh, you can stand there and you can see Egypt, Israel, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia. It's kind of cool. And then there's a place up on the north, up on the top of uh, a mountain, uh, where you can see, uh, obviously, Israel, Lebanon, and into Syria, and also into Jordan, which is cool. Hmm. But it's not big. And... You know, the, most of the population is in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. Um, you know, the cities around around Jerusalem, and then up in the in the Galilee, it's more countryside and um, mountainous, and lots of rivers and orchards, and the Sea of Galilee around there is really nice. Yeah, it looks from the map that the green is all in the areas occupied by the Israelis. And then, of course, they have a big desert to the south that they control because probably nobody wants to live down there. When there's just no, and then, there's nothing there. Yeah, and then you have the Gaza Strip, which is... Right, right on the coast. Yeah. Also, we we also somewhat of a green area. We didn't go there or near there, <laughs> but we did... <coughs> We did go into some of the cities, you know, kind of known as, you know, there's a wall. A lot of people, I don't think, know that. There's a wall that runs through Israel, like a Berlin-style wall. Like, keep the West Bank west and the... Right. Actually, the West Bank is actually on the east of Israel. It's the West Bank of the Dead Sea. Right, and it used to be part of Jordan. Mm -hmm. And... There, like the, the borders there are like the shifting sands over well, there. Well, there was the Yom Kippur War uh, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, which is 50 years to the day. Right. Right? That's the thing. Right. And... That shifted some of the uh, lines. And so that's why I think... I, I think that the, this was a failure of intelligence, but like you said, was it... Were, were people told to stand down? That would be a lot of people that would be told to stand down. Uh, well, I think that's what we're going to see here in the next week or two is we'll see some reports of unhappy people, unhappy people yeah, unhappy people who, who are putting some of the pieces together going, okay, that was not good. The, right off the bat, I mean, guys like Alex Jones are out saying it was, uh, it was a stand down that they allowed it to happen. And see, see, I, 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 Form my opinion before I started listening to what he had to say, but I think he makes a good argument that this suits the goals and agenda of the controllers, of the Western controllers. And well, yeah, it uh, it is f- forming up. He he was on record the day before. Well, I did listen to him the the day that it happened. We'd been camping and got home and saw the news, and it's like, oh wow, okay. So when did this happen? The world mm-hmm. the world upended itself. And because, you know, Israel, it's just, it's the apocalypse thing, you know, and (laughs) the apocalypse thing. Yeah. And so I was listening to him uh, the day before, just briefly, and he was saying it was Hezbollah. 
and his staff was saying, no, it's not Hezbollah. It's not, it, it was Hamas. It's, it, he was getting it mixed up or something. And, he, and so the next day, after I had formed my opinion, and I was listening to what he said, he was like, no, I told you, it was Hezbollah. Wall Street Journal's reporting, Hezbollah armed Hamas, uh, Iran is involved. You don't understand. This is part of the broader all picture. Con- it's all connected. He's, he's the 30,000 foot view guy. He mm-hmm. wants to he wants to always talk about the New World Order conspiracy, which he's been right about most of that stuff. Right. So um, I thought that was interesting. I thought he articulated it pretty well as to why he thought all this was interlinked and why the the high level uh, well, <clears throat> politicians or, or uh, bureaucrats would have allowed it to happen so that they could further their, their own agenda. When you already have... American politicians, even Republicans and Democrats, saying this this is an attack on Israel is an attack on America, which is an insane thing to say because it's on its face, it's absurd. It, it's not. It's, it's a Israel different country. is its own country. Yeah, and they have their own borders and their own military. But this is why Washington would have said honest friendship with all nations and entangling alliances with none, because right. they're always attacking each other. You don't. Right. It, you, that's you can't have. You're always going to be at war, which we have been in perpetual war since World War II. Okay? Right. We have to admit that. You're always going to be at war if you have those kind of entangling alliances. But they, the problem is the wars we've had so, so far, heretofore, since World War II, are not enough for these people. These people who are these people? The people that own and run Raytheon. Lockheed Martin. Oh, yeah. The, de- um, the defense stocks are up today, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just talking about them. We're talking about BlackRock. Right. All the, the right. war is good business it for, is. The, for the multinational corporations. And all the banks. of them. The banks and have the banks. funded all. Yeah, for sure. And and do you re- do we really think that there's anybody in Washington right now, especially in the Biden administration, in the State Department, that can navigate this minefield without blowing the whole thing up? Like even if they <clears throat> even if they were trying to avoid war, do we think like they're going to bumble us into it. And that and that's another nuance to it that I think is important to explore because the only reason they could let it happen would be because of pride or hubris on the part of you know and complacency right. on the part of the Israelis, right? If the Israelis were really concerned about something like this, generationally, this is why you have fourth turnings. We've we've discussed the generational cycle and the differences before the fourth turning is an, an allusion to uh, uh it's it's an exploration of a concept discussed in a book by uh strauss and Howe called the fourth turning about mm-hmm. how every fourth generation there's a big shift because of how the fact that the new generation has absolutely no knowledge of what had happened to their predecessors right. in large part then well, that's our, one of the large reasons why our gen happens. z is illiterate like literally Literally illiterate. <laughs> Literally? They can't read. They're not illiterately illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> like they can't they can't read at a at a adult level. They read at like a third grade level. Which is why the news is And they're all identifying as trans and gay and Right. This is why everything animals everything puppies. we have in the public sphere is all created for an eighth grade level because it has to be easily understandable by your average well, and they're, and, person, they're and, and that, and and they only get to about eighth grade. And these guys now, it's Mentally. just like oh, support Ukraine. I support Ukraine. Support Palestine. I support Palestine. Support Israel. I support Israel. 
Support the writer's strike. I support the writer's strike. By but, the way, the, the Hollywood strike ended. I know we were all on pins and needles oh, really? about that. Now they can write some stories about this invasion. A, a little side note was, if anybody in Hollywood had any self-awareness, and maybe there's some people, it had to have been a humbling thing for them to have this strike and have nobody in America give, give one crap about it. Not a single <laughs> one. No one cared. Hmm. No one cared that you guys weren't pumping out content. No one noticed. No one noticed that you're back to work. It's like, (laughs) you're not as important as you think you are. In fact, a lot of people were rooting against you guys. Hmm. It's kind of like the U.S. women's soccer team, which is sad. You know, this is a national team. There's a lot of good ladies on it. But because of a couple of them, people were cheering your demise. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so they're back to work, huh? I guess. There's a lot of strikes going on right now. A lot of auto workers strikes. Yeah, there was a um, hospital strike hospital in, strike, in California. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a strike that would literally kill people. Yeah. And suddenly there's no nurses showing up or to work maybe, or doctors. Or maybe the people would actually or maybe save a bunch go home of and save their yeah, get get <laughs> if they're giving them remdesivir. Run death is near. <laughs> yeah. Or the clot shot. <clears throat> I had, I had a f- one of the fam- uh, one of the family members of um, an individual on the uh, excuse me one of our one of our listeners had a family member who had vacillated and wanted to get the shot and he, and he says he says well they don't call it the clot shot for nothing right it's like it's safe and effective yeah, it's safe and effective. at safely ensures profits for the people who make it and it's effective at wrecking your body it's amazing how many disparate messages there are out there you get you get to decide you get to choose what you believe there's a there's enough information on any any side uh of these issues like like facets on a diamond you can pick an angle and go with it and, and, and find a lot of supporting evidence, you know? So well, there's so people out there so stupid and so just influ- influenced by the, by the powers, you know, the pressures that be, the media pressures. Mm-hmm. They're probably out there saying, I stand with Israel, free Palestine. You know, and they don't understand that those are two, confl- you know, opposite sides of this conflict, but they don't know any better because they're stupid and they just do what the, what the, what the, the popular media and the zeitgeist and the uh, energy of the world tells them to do. It's like, it's like the Ukraine flag. How many people on Twitter have Ukraine flag and a masked up emoji in their, in their uh, profiles, you know? And, and of course the rainbow flag. Yeah. In the black power fists, you know, the BLM fists. There's a guy out there named Mark Dice that likes to go out and do surveys at college campuses and he finds a ton of those people. Like, There's, yeah. have you, I've ever seen him do that. He'll get him to get him to sign a petition to ban water or right. something and it's like, "Hey, we need to ban this thing. It's it's dye yeah, hydrogen dihydrogen oxide. oxide makes it sound scary. Yeah, it's dihydrogen oxide. We need to ban it because it's killing people. You know, you it, it, you know, you can you'll suffocate if you have too much of it or you know you'll drown or whatever and then it gets him to sign the petition to ban right dihydrogen well, i saw monoxide. a picture of these kids college kids carrying a big poster that said queers for palestine it's like do you know anything do you, like hamas hezbollah they'll kill you for being queer like 
It's just so. It's, it's just. Bizarre. It's it's 1984. It's the two minutes of hate, and they don't know who they hate or why they do it. They just do it. Yeah. And it's like that times a thousand right now in the United States, especially. But you know, Western culture, we have all of these these idiot kids growing up just hating everything and not knowing anything about anything. But they hate who they're supposed to hate, and they love who they're supposed to love because of who tells them what to do and what to think. And it's like, yeah, go blow those people up. Genocide. Genocide is a great thing because those people are white supremacists. And then, you know, the next year, it's like, well, yeah, go genocide those people that we supported last year. But we have to, we have to wipe them off the face of the earth now because they don't believe in climate change. Right. So, but what... Does your gut tell you that that's really a majority? Because I'm running into a lot of people, and maybe, I'm, maybe it's just because I'm getting older. Uh, they, the, they do say that a, a liberal is just a conservative that hasn't been mugged yet. Well, but, but these, what I'm saying is like the, uh, just sort of the, the general energy, especially of the younger generation. I know it's an old man cliche to be like, oh, the young kids these days. But the young kids these days are are a disaster, and we have kids in that age group, and we it, it's a battle to keep them just sane, let alone like <laughs> thriving. Well, homeschooling helps. It does. It does. But I I just look at like like the universities. Probably kids all over the country today are going to their university classes, and the teachers are telling them how evil uh, Israel is and decolonization, and how justified Palestinians are, and Hamas is, and, and what they've done. Well, what's Channel and, One saying? That's, that's right. what they'd be telling you at and, school, And right? here's the thing. that like The IDF over the years has done some pretty terrible things, and the living conditions for a lot of the, in those, a lot of those Palestinian cities and settlements is not good. You know, they're second-class citizens, but it's at the same time you have videos and whether or not these are real or not is always something I wonder. But in this latest attack, you have innocent people, women, children being being killed, being dragged to the streets. It's like violence begets violence and, and terrorism begets terrorism. So now the, the IDF is completely justified in their minds of, of ethnic cleansing. And that's probably what we're going to see. And so then they do that, and then Iran says, well, we're now justified in ethnic cleansing. And then you have a nuke dropped on Jerusalem. You know, that's like the, the, the path of escalation here. Or would they drop it on Tel Aviv? Well, maybe. It doesn't really matter. It's a small enough country. You drop it anywhere in there, and you're going to... It's going to be a real problem. It's going to kill you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, and just destroy the country. They may not drop it on Jerusalem because they want Jerusalem, and they wouldn't destroy the, the Dome of the Rock. I can never remember the actual name of that mosque. I got yeah. to see that mosque. I, I was not allowed inside, but I got to touch the walls and wander around. It's mm -hmm. an interesting place. It has a great view of the Mount of Olives. I think it's called the Al Aska Mosque. That is sounds, it not? <laughs> that sounds <coughs> that sounds familiar. Is it? Uh, there's the Dome of the Rock. And that's the up on the Temple Mount, right? Yeah, that's the mosque. And that whole area is kind of partitioned off. You have to go through security to get in there. 
and there's always a little bit of conflict. I think those are one and the same. The, it's it it's the Dome of the Rock, and it's called Alaska. Yeah. And you have this, it's, it's so interesting. You have Muslims going there as a pilgrimage, and then down at the, at the bottom, you have uh, Jews pil- you know, going on pilgrimage to the so Western what they call wall, the Wailing Wall. The Wailing Wall and the Western Wall, which I got to go and up to that and touch that. And Did you put a prayer in it? Um, I, d- I didn't. But other people with us were doing that. That the you know the options there to do that. It's like the Israeli version of the temple roll, right? And then you have Weird, Christians. Huh? You have Christians pilgrimaging. Is that yeah. a word? Yeah, pilgrimaging, just like you guys yeah. were. Yeah. It's it, Jerusalem is a Mormon, Mormons pilgrimage pilgrim. If we're going to use pilgrim as a verb, I think we'd have to say pilgrim as a verb, not pilgrimage. Just just saying, but right. Mormons would pilgrim differently than. Well, we don't use that word. But we do. We do the pilgrimage, though. We I know, go, but we're, what we do is we wait until they set up a visitor center, and then we go and <laughs> listen to the sister missionaries and watch the video. But when we go to when Mormon groups and a lot of them go because there's whole cottage industry. Well, the, yeah, the problem is that we don't control the visitor centers over there. Right, but we also don't call it a pilgrimage. That's we're too enlightened for that. Well, right, but we did as a pilgrimage. But of course, it when is. you're doing the pilgrimage their way, you touch things like they they let you touch the relics. Like if you go to an LDS pilgrimage, it's all off limits. You can't touch yeah. it. It's under glass or don't stand there. You can't come into this house because you got to wait for the sister missionaries to come give you the, the if, message. If we pilgrimage did like others, we would go to Carthage and, and people would, would kiss the blood spot yeah. on, the, on the floor, you know. People yeah, we were doing went, that in, we, uh, in the, uh, the, the uh, chapel of the Holy Sepulcher. Oh, go okay. in and there's a slab of stone there that allegedly, legendary, legend has Jesus it, had, it, was where he laid, yeah. right, in the tomb. And people were touching it and kissing it, and I knelt down and I touched it because I thought, well, if it is, <laughs> that stone, how cool. Yeah, how cool. I touched it. <laughs> yeah, see, we we showed up at uh, was it uh, the Smith home in Palmyra, mm-hmm. and we just walked right into the old cabin there, mm-hmm. and we got in trouble by mm-hmm. the sister missionaries because they were so um, they'd been so pressured by their leadership that they had to take people on the tours. That this woman, this young woman, was visibly upset mm-hmm. that we had gotten in without the official narrative, without the official. Right. It's like we just wanted to see this. We didn't need the whole presentation. It's like, oh right. no, I'm supposed to. I need to give you the story. I have to give you the full experience, right. and that's and there's that's the Mormon pilgrimage. There was right nobody there. like that at the sites we went to in the Holy Land. Now we had our tour guide. You're probably required yeah. to have a guide, right? You, you are. Can, can you go into those places without one? Uh, I I don't know if you have if you could go and do like a, just your on your own. Probably. I know if you go to Egypt, you've got to have an Egyptian yeah there with you. Jordan that's was the same it. way, and it's fine. I, that never bothers me. I mean, again, we're on a big tour bus with like 50 people, so mm-hmm. you're on the tour anyway, right? But. Uh, Jerusalem's an incredible city, um, so you're probably right. Maybe they wouldn't nuke that, but a, a nuke in Tel Aviv would affect the whole, the whole coastline up mm-hmm. into Lebanon. And you know, it's a shame the world is in the state it's in because Lebanon would be a really neat place to go. Syria has some really pretty areas. We don't think about that. I'd love to go to Damascus, but you know, it's 
not going to happen. Not safe. And now probably Americans and uh, BYU students at the Jerusalem Center and a lot of other Westerners are probably scrambling to get the heck out of Israel right now. Well, that's the problem. The lines are being drawn, right? That's why the um, not just the insinuation, but the overt accusation that Iran is involved with this by the Wall Street Journal, of mm-hmm. wh- whether you like it or not, it's considered a well-respected source by the mainstream. Mm-hmm. That is going to affect the alignment of groups of nations, right? You've got the, in the Eastern Hemisphere, pretty much Russia East is all going to align together geographically because, or they're going to align politically because they're mm-hmm. geographically together. That means India is on their side. They just, they just can't, mm-hmm. they can't avoid it. Um, Japan and Taiwan and, and South Korea, they just unfortunately are geographically Right. Proximate to to these this massive Japan will mass. probably try to stay as neutral as they can for as long as they can. Yeah, Taiwan's going to get absorbed. China is going to side with Russia and Iran. Yeah, probably Southeast Asia. That's a lot of Muslims there. That's going to be their side with China and Russia. Yeah, and Australia. Iran. This is the same thing happened in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Australia is going to try to stay out of it as long as they can. Uh, they'll they'll have to side with the Commonwealth countries of with course. the UK. Of course they will. Yeah, but the question is, the Japanese never got to Australia, did they? They got all the Southeast Asia during World War War Two, but China could potentially strong arm or take over Australia. That's a, a big potential <clears throat> problem. No, this this all has the uh, potential to escalate very quickly and all over the world. Yeah. And it, all it would require was a couple of nukes going off or one nuke. Or just a car bomb, you know, a truck. An Archduke Ferdinand. Right. Just well, if you're <laughs> unaware of who the Archduke Ferdinand is, he was the man that was assassinated that precipitated World War One. Right. When the, there was a... He was a in, Spaniard, right? Uh... Wasn't he like Hung- Austro-Hungarian or something? Mm, probably. Let's look it up. You always have better memory than I do on, on facts and things. I, you know, I just remember. Archduke Franz Ferdinand, he was uh, of Austria. So he was the heir presumptive to the throne of Austria-Hungary and uh, was assassinated. Now, there, Europe at the time was, the lines were... The political lines were drawn a little differently. There was a, a massive amount of wrangling going on, confusion, you know, inter-family and international consternation aimed at each other. You know, the, the, the ruling families of Europe had been inbred and interlinked for so long. Kind of like the United States is now. <laughs> they are mad at each other. Hillary Clinton has said that we, all of us that think differently, need to be deprogrammed. <laughs> Is Hillary Clinton the Emmanuel Goldstein of the of the control mechanism for the conservative uh, right side of the spectrum? I mean, Emmanuel Goldstein, you remember him from Orwell's nineteen eighty four? He mm-hmm. was sort of the the bad guy they would trot out right. all the time, like the Osama bin Laden of yeah. the book nineteen eighty four. She might be. She's pretty good at that because she gets people riled up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Deplorables, 
What difference does it make? Deprogrammed. Kinetic war. She's got a lot of really, really uh, bad, terrible sound bites. And, and, and I think maybe uh, Donald Trump is the Goldstein for the left. They, could they be. They him out to do. Yeah, but he could actually become the next president. I don't think it was ever in the cards for Hillary to be right. president. Uh, right. Well, another uh, depressing episode. Well, I don't, it, yeah, it is depressing. But what, what do we make of this? I mean, come on. We've talked about a lot of the details. We've talked kind of about the psychology of it all right? And some of the broader influences at work. I don't think we can avoid, avoid that the world is going to war. Mm-hmm. I think this is, this is one of those days that we've been anticipating, right? Not to say right. told you so or anything like no, that. No, you've, you've been saying this for two years. But I do think this is going to spread and it, it will not necessarily all be perfectly controlled. There's this idea of blowback, of unintended consequences, right? right? So, And I don't think that the whole world control mechanism is, is f- uh, fully controlled by one party or, in, 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 or, or is a very cohesive, integrated, uh, smooth operating mechanism. It's, it's this... I'll go back to the movie uh, Spectre, James Bond. It's like if you have a seat at the table of the secret combination or one of the secret combinations, it's probably like the guy that got his eyes gouged out by Dave Bautista when the head dude asked if anyone wanted to take his assignment, you know? that's. Do you remember that scene in, in uh, Spectre? I don't. I don't know if I've seen that one. I used the uh, a screenshot from that for our last podcast. Right. They're sitting around that table. The in conference. The powers. Yeah. The powers that be. <laughs> or not. There's not just one dude up there going. You know, saying now we will do this and now we will do that. It's not Klaus Schwab up there. By the way, Putin has denounced Klaus Schwab. Really. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Uh, well, sometimes I wonder if we've uh, we've mischaracterized Vladimir Putin. I'm not saying maybe he's the one of the good guys, but sometimes you have to wonder. Yeah, well, he, he he acts. I think he acts quite rational for somebody in his position. Yeah, but maybe not. I don't know. Look, he's got a country to run. He's got people to protect. He's the United States has done way worse than you know if the story were modified if you look at it with a different narrative we his actions in ukraine have been very consistent with what the united states has been doing since the end of world war ii right all over the world protecting protecting places for their own interest right well we say yeah it's in our interest well what's in our interest well anything we want we call it spreading democracy right and and technically that's what Putin was doing in eastern Ukraine because they, the Ukrainians had flouted their agreement. They had they had reneged on their agreement to allow those eastern provinces to self determine, mm-hmm. which is technically democracy. <laughs> so, and then that and they had that agreement since 2014. In uh, it was made in what they called the Minsk Accords. So anyway, he's been pretty consistent there, but. Uh, I'm not saying, again, I think all the nations of the world are corrupt. It's sort of like this this new generation of corruption allows for all kinds of craziness to happen because you've got 
it's it just it's like anything could happen because these people at the top are just stealing everything that's not nailed down. I mean, look at the Biden crime family. The the revelations that continue to come out about how, it's it's some of those Babylon B right um, articles we quoted about how we're we're not willing to to accept all the evidence right. and all the all the phone recordings and everything until they actually admit to it. Even if they admitted to it, there are people well, right they, now saying, "No, well, they're just." diffusing it they're just those are the same people that say the church had to politically go along with the vaccine right. mandate for yeah, well, to, to, to continue maintain the building program yeah to contain continue to build the temples or whatever right well let I, that, I, let I, that as far as what, what do we make of it, of it I, I don't know i mean it's like we've been i hope uh, i hope you've got some Water in your food storage. Should I title in your food storage? Should I title this episode "We Told You So"? <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. Um, w- this is not necessarily the thing. It, like, it's I don't think that World War Three will happen tomorrow. But the the problem is, look at the timeline. Yeah, but look at the timeline for World War Two. I think we brought this up on the podcast before. It was 1938 that Russia, or not Russia, Russia is the bad guy in every movie. Um, that Hitler took Czechoslovakia, right? And then it was a f- almost a full four years later, at least three years before Pearl Harbor and the United States officially got involved. These things take time. They can. It takes time to develop. But in today's day and age, things, <coughs> things can be accelerated. I think things definitely can and be accelerated. And I think something, uh, especially when Israel's involved, you know, the United States protects Israel and vice versa. And well, you have to have time for the narratives to play out. Like they've they've had a couple of days of um, surprise attack, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get this heavy-handed response, mm-hmm. right? Which is happening now, right? And then, like you said, a car bomb, or there will be an attack on Iran, or something out of the. There's always like a status quo, like a a channel of acceptable actions based on the current narrative. And then when something goes outside of that, we'll then know, everything else is on the table. We'll know that things are serious when and if there is a attack in America, like some, some Palestinian militant or Irani, Iranian or ISIS guy or, or just some patsy. And then they'll blame it on domestic Blows up a, a post office or something. And then they'll go after all the Trump supporters. Well, they'll just they'll just cast a wide net. That's what Alex Jones was saying. He's like, "Look, they're going to disappear, guys." Like he was talking to some other pundit. You're, they're going to disappear, guys. Like you and I, as soon as that happens in America. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just say because the FBI's already got it in their policies that it's domestic extremists that are the danger. So they'll use that as an opportunity maybe, to just wipe. Or or or, or, or the, and then it's the opposite. They have some white. Uh, white supremacist hick from northern idaho go blow up a mosque in uh, minnesota oh yeah in the name of israel and then and then and then the squad you know aoc and her squad members you Mm. know are justified and there's a lot of different uh ways they could escalate this and yeah i think that you'll know that the game has changed when you see israel and iran directly interacting if that happens well Today, you should probably fill up your gas tank. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. Right. But uh, if, if uh, Israel and Iran really get into it, that spreads 
the war to essentially from Ukraine all the way down. Like if we're looking at a map here, I had a map up just a minute ago. If you're looking at a map, you just can't you just can't avoid it. So Syria is already on fire. Some of the some of these places, Yemen is on fire, right? Some of these places have been at yeah, war yeah. forever. Yemen is uh, outside of the existence of little Toyota pickup trucks and machine guns. Yemen is no different than it was two thousand years ago. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a, in civil war, tribal war. And then, of course, international uh, forces and things like right. that. So you've got issues going on between Armenia and Azerbaijan. If you go Iran, and, and this has to do with the lines as far as where the West has, has gotten their influence, right? Because mm-hmm. the Armenians are more aligned with the West and the Azerbaijanis are more aligned with the Russians, right? This is right on the edge of the Caspian Sea. Uh, then you've got uh, Georgia, the Black Sea, and then you get to Bulgaria, Romania, and Ukraine, which is above the Black Sea, and Turkey below it. So um, the the fire is sort of engulfing all of these areas. And if Israel attacks Iran, that extends it to the south. Turkey has been pretty solid, but they, uh, meaning they haven't had a lot of... um, Political turmoil. Violence. They've had political turmoil, but they haven't had like overt violence, right? A lot of corrupt elections and things like that. But they are, they're a NATO member, right? Mm -hmm. But they are, uh, they appear to be uh, toying with changing sides, in my opinion. That would be interesting if Turkey switches. Because um, it does appear inevitable that Russia is going to hold sway in Eastern Europe and through that region. If we, I mean, the question is, what do we really believe? The United States has sunk. Have we are what we're up to half a trillion dollars yet into into Ukraine for no good reason, and all we've got is a bunch of uh, like hundreds of thousands of dead Ukrainian soldiers. Well, it's not no good reason. It's the money's coming back to the politicians. Okay, it's being laundered over there and donated yeah. back to them. You're right. But yeah, it's a lot of money and a. a uh, what's a few dead Ukrainians for some political donations, you know, for some 10% for the big guy. Or to fund my uh, castle in Scotland. Right. Right, you know. A few dead Ukrainian buffalo. <laughs> I still think there's a story there that hasn't been told. Are <laughs> you talking about the Levitts? Yeah, I mean, he promised Ukraine... Buffalo. Buffalo <coughs> through this Cheyenne he, tribe out of Montana. He, he promised the Indians that they would have a sales channel. I don't even know if the Ukrainians knew about the Buffalo. The Ukrainians probably never had any clue that any of this was happening. Yeah. He just said, I, I, I know the former president. I can get you a channel to sell Buffalo to Ukraine. All I need is one of your children as an upfront down payment. And they went along with it. <laughs> They gave him the kid, and I was. Uh, I, it's yet unconfirmed or unknown if a single buffalo ever made it to Ukraine, and and again, what what they were selling him for. Well, they, it's possible they just chalked it up to being scammed by the white guy again, since the there's a long history of that for the indigenous people. There has to be more to it, though. There has to be more to it. They because according to what we know. Initially, initially they were the tribe was like, "No, we're not giving you a kid. 
And then they and then he's like, "Well, I can I can get you some, I can I can get you to sell some buffalo in Ukraine." And it's like, well, they can sell buffalo to anybody. What? Why does it have to be Ukraine? And why did that? Why did that persuade them? Right, the shipping costs alone. Right, <laughs> like this is the thing. Like, the, it's on the other side of the planet. And this all happened in the course of an afternoon. It wasn't like there was ongoing negotiations. It was like, <laughs> no, you can't have one of our kids. Uh, well, how about you? We sell some buffalo to Ukraine. Okay, okay here's a here's kid. A kid. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing is—it's weird. There's, there's got to be more to it. It's bizarre for sure. Yeah. Well, well, you're sticking to that. <laughs> um, interesting. Uh, this is an ongoing story. It is. And, uh, we here at the Mind Virus Podcast will be following this. As close as we follow anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we will. And our format uh, is this. This is not a great format for following and breaking news because we won't. We won't do anything until a week from today. If you have, if you have children, yeah. If if you have children that are of the age of seventeen to twenty four, mm-hmm. I think you, or maybe maybe sixteen to twenty four, this ought to be pretty heavy. There's some big ramifications with this. Yeah, the you, you, who do you think is going to fight this next war? <laughs> right after and all, it's the, not just going to be your boys. It's after all of the uh, Israelis are dead and the Ukrainians are dead, and we might be fighting this war right here on our own territory. Well, that's the interesting thing about the hubris, the 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 just blatant corruption that's going on right now, uh, is that it, like you said, it could move quickly. We could have nukes on American soil within a matter of days or minutes or whatever, depending on what events. Or we could be the ones to drop domino. Them too. Yeah, but but if that yeah if that happens, I don't think we're going to be immune to getting them back. But we have a fairly um, non congruous population right now. We got mm-hmm. uh, an invasion of our own of, of illegal aliens coming through. Yeah, which happened to all be young men. You notice that? I haven't been the vast down to the majority border. I haven't of been them, watching them. The vast majority appears to be not women and children and refugees, but young men of perfect fighting hmm. caliber. I didn't know that. And then where are they going once they come into the United States? Showing up at a university to get their, uh, their uh, university-issued sidearm and AR-15s. I, I mean, know. Who, who, you know, and who's funding no. all that? I, people aren't organically showing up in the numbers that are appearing at the border. These aren't just yeah. people going, oh, let's go get a let's go get a landscaping job in California. This isn't organic at all. So you think it's organized uh, in that they're handing out weapons to these people? Well, or I don't could know. I, I think they could? They could. If what, you wanted to take over the United States, this is a great way to do it. You have an invading army crossing the border. Wouldn't wouldn't there be whispers of that though in the um, in the alternative new media? There, there are, but not not just spec, not just like uh, yeah, yeah, baseless speculation, but but, but like uh, like people who primary source testimony, like some guy said, uh, comes on the radio and show and says, yeah, it was so and so, it was this, that, and the other, and. Maybe you know probably because all we get is like really thin 
speculation, right. I think. But I don't think it's organic. About an, about an organized right. invasion. Because you don't need... I don't know if you need an organized invasion. I think that you've got enough underclass that you could have uh, but, fairly but if you're, solid if you're, turmoil. If you're poor in Venezuela... How do you get all the way you, up to how, the southern you don't, You're not just walking through Guatemala and Mexico and into Texas. There's a lot of jungle. Well, and there's borders of other countries. Yeah. I've been on the Mexico-Guatemala border, and that's the only time in my life where I was pretty sure I was going to get shot. Really? I mean, it was, it was tense. And we were there. We had all the permits and the guides mm-hmm. and everything, but still, it's like all it takes is one dude on one of these towers to freak out a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's so ironic <laughs> that Me- Mexico was so, uh, d- you know, very uh, adamant about defending its southern border. Right. And Guatemala on its side. But I don't know. It's just the numbers of people coming over. It does Like, how are they getting to the border of the United States and Mexico? Because a lot of these guys aren't Mexicans. They're coming from all over South and Central America. Yeah, a lot of Peruvians from what I've heard. And probably other places in the world, too. Well, anyway, hmm. maybe we'll uh, leave it at Let's that wrap today. It up. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> It wouldn't hurt to uh, reassess the the threat level at this point. Right. I don't think we need to go full apocalypse <laughs> on people. I, I think you're going to get plenty of other people doing that. Like I, you, you were talking about how you thought the younger generation was adrift and not awake. And I, I'm saying I think there's a lot of Americans that are waking up now. And that this type of thing sobers up a lot of people. Just it, it speaking to a few neighbors recently. <laughs> just talking to a few neighbors recently that that uh, <clears throat> I was surprised at They're awakening to the sense of the awful this sense situation. Of, it, it's it's deepening this sense of an awful situation. So so anyway, it wouldn't hurt to be um a little more vigilant at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, when do you start Utah's an open carry state. When do you start carrying if you're not a carry person? You know, do you? Yes. It's well, it's different than. Well, you can carry in Utah concealed carry without a concealed carry permit. Right. And if you're comfortable doing that. Did I say open carry state? It's a constitutional it's a, carry a constitutional state. Constitutional carry. You can open carry. I don't recommend it. To explain it, the differences to the people. Well, concealed carry is where your gun is on your waist and you have a jacket covering it. Or you can put it somewhere else and conceal it there too. Yeah, or anywhere on your person. A lot of people do it in uh, on their waistband somehow. Some will do it in a, a chest harness or holster Shoulder with a jacket. Holstered. Some will Ankle. do it in a, women. Uh, there's purses you can buy that have a bag. Have a gun. There are man pur- there are man purses you right. can get. And if you see a guy with a man <laughs> purse. So the idea is the idea behind concealed carry is that the weapon is concealed. Now, if you have a concealed carry permit, you, it is lawful for you to carry a loaded concealed weapon. What does the state of Utah consider to be loaded? That's a round in the chamber. So uh, open carry is you've got the gun on, on a holster, but in the gun is visible. Plain sight. Like a cop. Or a cowboy. <laughs> um, the problem with doing something like that is that sometimes people might freak out. Or you He's could, got a gun! Or you could make yourself into a target. Right. 
someone may try to rob you or not not necessarily rob you but if if let's say there was somebody that wanted to shoot people right. or, or or perpetrate a crime they might try to take you out first right i even though you don't need the the permit to carry concealed i highly recommend those classes oh yeah they're they're really informative they teach you gun law in the state um and the utah concealed carry permit has reciprocity in like 29 other states it's the most uh, accepted in the country. So people will come from all over the country to get a Utah concealed carry yeah. permit. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a police officer on a while back that does classes. If anybody mm-hmm. wants to, anybody in Utah wants a class. Now the downside or flip side, I guess, to taking a class is that uh, you turn over all sorts of information to the federal government. Your fingerprints and your picture and sure. everything they already have anyway. You mostly turn it over to the Bureau of Criminal Investigation in right. Utah, but that, that ends up in the database. And you end up, you know, there's some perks. You can, it's a little easier if you have your permit with you. It's a little easier to buy far, firearms. In Utah it is. It takes a little less time and you get a little discount because you don't have to pay for the background check. Right. <laughs> it's nice. So it's worth it's worth having if you want to carry a firearm. Now, I do highly 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 recommend getting some training as well. Like you think I know you think out there that in the case in some scenario that you're going to be uh, you know, like like Jason Bourne, but you're not. <laughs> you're probably going to empty your magazine and not hit anybody or hit somebody you weren't aiming at. Mhm. Um Get some training. Um, it's fun. I've done a teeny bit of it. I'd like to yeah, do more. Concealed carry permit classes teach you essentially the law. The law. When it, when it, what is appropriate? They don't. When teach is you it appropriate to, to use deadly force? They don't teach you how to shoot. They don't teach you situational awareness. They don't teach you how to uh, holster your weapon or unholster it quickly. They don't. They don't teach you how to be a to be lethal. Let's just put it that way. Or effective would might be a better right, word. Right. Safe and effective. <laughs> <laughs> Safe for me. <laughs> well, anyway, I bring up the whole when when do we decide to carry because uh whether open or concealed because you know you had that these strange surreal movie like uh it was like Red Dawn mm-hmm. essentially these this this social media video coming out of the rave party in southern Israel that was overflown by these uh invaders yeah it looked like uh and then they then they Fortnite. had the then they had the pictures of them uh, or the and the video of them hurting them around killing them you know whatever i haven't watched a lot of it i mean i've read mm-hmm. i've read a lot of accounts but mm-hmm. uh i watched enough video to they have the video there's a lot of video out there and um right the thing about utah is we're essentially surrounded by mountains and desert <laughs> So it would be hard to sneak up on us. It, it seems like it would be more of a of, a, of just, an integral disintegration. Can I say that an integral disintegration, where inside of the state you had forces pulling itself apart? Well, one way they could do it is just walk across the Texas border and then show up in Utah as a refugee because Spencer Cox has opened the doors to refugees, and we have refugees from Afghanistan and elsewhere living right here in Utah. Sure, but then how do they get organized and then do their whole paratrooping thing? Well, they don't have to paratroop at that point. They're already I know, here. But how do, so 
so do they organize and then it's just one one day that everybody has You've been seen told Harry Potter yeah and uh, Voldemort sends the signal into the air and the the dark mark the, the goes mark. active yeah yeah maybe that's something like that they get a text uh. message show up at the warehouse in West Valley three o'clock get your gun I don't know I'm being a little facetious but it's a possible again if you wanted to invade the United States of America this is a really good way they're doing it and yeah there's probably some legit refugee types in there and there's probably a whole bunch of people who are here to commit serious uh, crimes when uh, called upon Hmm. I I mean you got to think that the the powers that be in the United States, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, they're not they're no friends of liberty. Oh no, they'd love to have a uh, insurrection like that so they can just clamp down with a martial law type of an environment. Right, on, and that'd be a great states, way to yeah. do it. Be a great way, especially in the American West when they know everybody's armed. You have they could get on, uh, they could uh, clamp down on us for retaliating. Or they would just make up a story about how we started it. Hmm. It's all scenarios and speculation, but sure, sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I love to speculate. <laughs> We've been doing it for nearly three years. Is today episode one? We're not to one fifty yet, are we? Let's see. We're coming up on some milestones here. It's 148. All right. So we'll be to 150. And once we get to what, 156, that's two, three full years? Something like that. Yeah, we're c- coming up on it. So in like nine weeks towards well, the end of the year? <laughs> we'll have to have a, uh, a huge party with all the listener and <laughs> all the commenter. All the listener. All the listener and the commenter. <laughs> this, is, this will be a very exclusive party. We're going to rent out a huge venue. Like maybe this room. Just go to McDonald's and <laughs> get a table. Yeah. McDonald's, man, we're in a splurging. <laughs> Spend all our revenue from this podcast in one in one lunch. In one lunch. <coughs> well, no, no we, okay. We do appreciate all of you. Please like, comment, subscribe. You know the drill. Yeah, comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And uh, yeah. Let us let us know. Let us know what's going on out there. What your thoughts are on this whole thing? I think I think just this weekend we've taken a uh, the, the uh, things have escalated. The, the things have ratcheted up a notch. Right. Twenty twenty four is going to be wild. Yeah. Take your vitamins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. <laughs>